Turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Beginning with verse 1. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. So things haven't changed any in 2,000 years, just letting you know. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust says, unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Um, A lot of the things that I've been going through, a lot of things that others have been going through, uh, discussions that I've been having. I've just been meditating on these thoughts now for actually quite a while, actually months, um, and praying about how to, how to, to share this, how to uh, present this to us without going to the far extreme. Um, because you can do that. You know, you can take the, the, uh, the world situation, you can take the, the way things are, and you can get you know, you can get nervous about it. You can get worked up about it. You can, you can start to um, look at it and say, is there any hope whatsoever? But praise God, um, in the midst of all the stuff that's happening in the world, in the midst of all the, the daily uh, trials, tribulations, the daily pressure that we're under, in the middle of that, we are still those who live and breathe and in, in Him have our very being. And we can't forget that. We can't forget that we're not just here all by ourselves. We're not in this situation, whatever your situation is. You're not in that alone. That God loves you. And that God has a plan for your life. And in that plan is also His ability to provide for you what you need. Whatever it may be. But Jesus tells this parable. This is Jesus telling the parable, and so, which is really great because he's telling it to, to his disciples, to his believer, to, to the, those who believe in him, and he's saying to them, you know, this woman, or this unjust judge, gave the woman what she was seeking after because she was persistent and did not give up. And she just kept asking and kept after him and kept desiring an answer from him and in the midst of that did not give up and because of her persistence, he gave in. This was an unjust judge and and Jesus says, and God is just. God loves his people. How much more will he give give them what they're asking for and what they need if they don't give up? But will he find faith on the earth? Will he find 
people who are still believing him, believing what the Bible says, and acting upon it. Do we still live by faith? That's the question. Do we? It's one thing to, you know, does, is, you know, what does the Bible say we're supposed to live by faith? Great. So Christians are supposed to live by faith. That's wonderful. But do we live by faith? Do I live by faith? Do you live by faith? Is that something that we are, are putting our trust in? Are we putting our faith in God on a daily basis for every area of our life? Or do we have our faith in the life support systems in line and we only go to God when there seems to be a glitch? In this world, we have financial systems. We have medical systems, social systems, transportation systems, employment systems, housing systems, food distribution systems, public safety systems, national security systems, and governmental systems. But what if one day all of those systems stopped? Now you can see real quick where we can go right over into the gloom and doom and <clears throat> end of the world, revolution, world falls apart, power grid goes down, black helicopters start circling the earth, oh my gosh. We get there real quick. But what if? What if one day you had nothing to rely upon but God? Could you do it? Would you survive? Would you exist, continue to exist? Now, I th I, one of the, the things that has prompted me to think along these lines is, is the people that we work with in Sikahid, Romania. A number of you have been there. A number of you have met these people. Uh, you know, the gypsies who live in northern Romania. These folks, <laughs> they have to live by faith. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody gets, you know, to choose, well, I'm, I'm going to live by faith, because, you know, I live in America, and I, I want to live by faith. And then there's a whole other side of it that when you're born into a third world country, and your, your home is a mud hut 10 foot by 10 foot, and, and, and your water source is the swamp down the hill, And you don't get a job, not because, there, you know, they, number one, there isn't any jobs, but if there's a single job, they're not going to give it to a gypsy. And there's people that, they, you know, friends of ours who have to live by faith. Literally, hey, they have nothing else. What's even worse is those who aren't believers who are living with no hope at all. You know, and people say, well, I just don't know why they live that way. Why, why they steal, why they, why they do this, and why they do that. And Well, my goodness. If you have nothing, and your children are hungry. See, we have no concept of that. It doesn't even, it is nowhere on our radar. It does not, there isn't a single person in here who's ever had that experience, ever. And so it's easy for us to go, well, I'm living by faith. And it's another thing for someone to really have to live by faith day in and day out. Now, I'm not wishing for that to happen. 
It's not, it's not something where, boy, you know what, we, what would really fix us is if we lost everything. You know what? God, just show us. Hello. Well, that would work, but it's just, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that to happen for definitely me and us, you know, and hopefully I don't want it to for you guys. We don't want those things to happen. But are we in our lives right now living by faith or is our faith in something else? I would venture to say that we're many times, we're, we're living by faith a little bit here and there, you know, where we, where, when there's a glitch, when there's a problem. But we're probably not living, absolutely 100% living in faith. And my, my dilemma, my, my charge, my, what I believe God is putting on my heart is to prepare people to give you a heads up, as the Bible says, to him who has ears to hear, learn to live by faith. Learn to live by faith. I said a few weeks ago, I'm sorry, what if? 1 Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29. 1 Corinthians 7, 29. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, says, but, I, but this I say, brethren, the time has been shortened so that from now on those who have wives should be as, those who they, as though they had none. Be real careful with the uh, application of that verse. I just want to let you know that's not the verse I'm focusing on, so don't run with that, guys, or ladies, just, you know, just so you know. And those who weep as though they did not weep, and those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, and those who buy as though they did not possess, and those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it, for the form of this world is passing away. The form of this world is passing away. And that was 2,000 years ago. Do you know that people in those days thought it was going to end then? A period of time had passed by, and they were convinced that it was going to end then. That it was all going to, it's, it, because things were falling apart, and things were horrible, and things were bad, and, and things were, were not the way they wanted it to be. So they were just hoping that Jesus would come back any second, and that the end would come. Quick, Lord Jesus, come. So if they thought that back then... How much closer are we today? <laughs> yes, George, we are 2,000 years closer. Yes, we are. <laughs> you have a firm grasp of the obvious, George. You're just... <laughs> I said a few weeks ago that an older gentleman had said to me, John, the best days are behind us. What he meant was the best days for this world are past. And I've thought a lot about that. It's one of those things that this gentleman said to me, he doesn't live around here, we were talking about life, we were talking about things, and he goes, he goes he's, in, he's in his early 80s, and he said, you know, things were a lot better when I was a kid. And he grew up during the Depression, the World War, I, or World War II, you know, all the other things that went on. But he said, life was good. Now, 
He wasn't saying, when I made that statement, some people said to me, well, but we're believers, you know, God has good things. Yes, God has good things planned for us. What, I'm, what, what he said and what, I'm, what I've been thinking about is the world as a whole has had better days, has seen. It depends on where you're from. You know, there's parts of the world that's been far off worse than we'll ever be, I hope, I pray. You know, 70 years of communism is no fun to go through. The whole bubonic plague thing, I think, was no fun. Other things around the world. But in those situations, in those times, people had to live by faith. There is no guarantee that every day of your life or your children's lives or your, or your grandchildren's lives will be absolutely perfect and never have a day of care in them. The same type of situations, the same types of wars and rumors of wars and, and nations rising against nations and, and things that happened to Europe could happen here. Could. Hope it doesn't, pray it doesn't, believing it doesn't, going to do everything that I can do that it doesn't. But there's no guarantee. To, to think that we are absolutely immune to hardship is naive. Because the Bible says, says that this world will wax worse and worse. I believe that the best days for believers yet are still ahead. But the world is quickly decaying around us. Mark chapter 13, verse 3. <clears throat> As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when these things will happen. And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and he will deceive many. <clears throat> when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of the birth pains. You must be on your guard. Let me say that again. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and, and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will, bet will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetops go down or enter the house to take another or to take anything out. 
Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be for those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter, because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning. When God created the world until now and never to be equaled again, if the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would have survived. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens." So are you shaken or shaking yet? We've gotten kind of wimpy. I used to hear these kind of sermons every Sunday in the church I grew up in. And because I heard them Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, it, it actually started to kind of callous me over. So you notice I don't usually preach sermons like this. This is probably the very first sermon you've ever heard me preach like this here. But if... You know, it would be remiss of me to not, because this is part of what the Word of God says. The end is coming. The end is coming. Now, is it going to come tomorrow? Don't know. Is it going to come next week? Have no idea. Is it going to come a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, a hundred years from now, a thousand years? I don't know. Don't know. But what I, what I take away from the Word of God is that no matter where we are in history, we have opportunities to have to walk by faith. And to really walk by faith. Jesus said when he comes back, when he comes back, whenever that is, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't even you know, remotely try to be a, an end time scholar. Not even close. I have no idea. I heard uh, Kenneth Copeland say one time, he says, you know, he says, I don't understand Revelation. But in the book of Revelation it says, he who reads the words of this book will be blessed. So I read it and I get blessed. And I read it and I get blessed. I have no idea. I don't know. And I don't, actually don't really care when the date is, when the time is. All I know is when he comes back, I'm with him. I don't have to figure this all out. I don't have to know all the, the details. Some people do. The, you know, the ladies are going through Daniel. And that's great. We should read those things and discuss it and be aware of it. You know, be, <clears throat> be aware of the, the signs of the times. Absolutely we should do that. You should read Revelation. You should read... But the, on, when you get all done with that, you have, to make, you, know, you have to decide some things. One is you can either live in fear... And I remember the 70s when the late great planet Earth came out. Anybody remember that? Do you remember that book? You know, I was, I was a, a young man at the time, young teenager, 11, 12, 13 years old. And their church was, get, you know, they had all the, got to read the late great. I read that and just, Ugh. 
every nightly news was the late great planet Earth and Jesus was coming back any second. And the church that we went to on New Year's Eve had watch night services. Because you never know. Tonight could be the night. And in youth group, they showed us the videos, you know, the, the uh, uh, Like a Thief in the Night video. I don't know about that. How many of you ever saw that movie, The Thief in the Night? You know, that, that scene at the end when the blender's going and the radio and there's nobody in the house and the sun comes home and there's nobody home. You can either freak out about it or you can decide to live your life today prepared that at any moment, for any reason whatsoever, you can live by faith. What does that mean? What does it mean, live by faith? What does that mean to, to be ready to put your trust in God, not in the financial system? You know, when, when gas hit four bucks a gallon or close to it recently, there were people who were scared to death. I was in the, in the, the Cub, um, Cub checkout line, and I was, we were, this was back when, the, um, when they were doing, first started doing the gas off, you know, you get so many cents off for so much, how much groceries you buy. And I didn't know what it was, and so I just, you know, it was one of those things where they gave you the extra coupon and said, oh, this is for, for five cents off of gas. Well, I don't go to that gas station, I go to a different one, and so I just, I took it, I said, oh, thanks. I turned to the lady behind me, I said, here, do you want this? She goes, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That is so nice. I, I am just scared to death of what's going to happen. Are we supposed to go through our life scared to death of what's going to happen tomorrow? Or are we supposed to walk by faith? Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't want the gas price to go to six bucks a gallon, but you know what? In Europe, it's like nine bucks a gallon. 10 bucks a gallon, 12, whatever it is. And, and you know what? There's still people driving on the road. And there's still believers who are doing everything that they're doing and continuing to travel and preach the gospel. I don't want it to be, I don't want it to get that high. Praise God, you know, we live in a country where, my opinion. <sighs> Remember, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let's stick with the word of God, amen? Not, not, not our opinions. Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Whenever, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can mere mortals do to us? We are those who are supposed to live by faith. We are those who are supposed to look at whatever situation the world throws at us and go, I know who created you. I not, I not, only, not, I only, I not only know who created you, he's my friend. And he's promised that he'll be my provider and my protector and my, you know, all of these promises that I have in the word of God, they're mine. 
So again, I repeat, Luke chapter 18, verse 8, the second part, says, However, when the Son of Man comes, he will, will he find faith on the earth? So are you ready to live by faith? When this world system breaks down, are you ready to, to live solely on faith? If we were to have a faithometer on us and we could check where our level of faith is right at the moment, situation coming up, ooh. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm barely breaking 10. No, I'm barely, I want to, on a scale from 1 to 100, <laughs> numbers. See, it's the numbers thing. I apologize. On a scale of 1 to 100, See, I have these great thoughts in my head and they don't come out the way. They, when it, when it, anytime it's with numbers, on a scale of 1 to 100, I'm barely hitting 10. Now, there are other times when we are built up and there are ways to build up your faith. It says, build yourself up in the most holy faith. How does it say to do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit will cause you to build yourself up so that when things happen, you're ready. Or when you're facing a situation and you don't have the answer, the Bible says there's a way to get, the, get, to get ready for that situation. And the best thing is not to get ready for that situation while it's happening. Because while it's happening, just, it's just an onslaught. It just keeps coming at you, and you can't hardly think straight. And there's all these, these, things, these fires that, that want to be put out and need to be put out, and, and you're trying to work as few, and you can't do, you can't get ahead of the game because the whole situation is overwhelming you. So, if the Bible tells us that we should live by faith and that we should be ready to live by faith, the time to get ready to live by faith is when you're not having to live by faith at the very moment. When it's not a life and death situation, when it's not uh, overwhelming you, when it's not on the horizon, you know, ahead of time, you're getting, getting the answers from God so that when that situation happens, you're able to give the answer. When Jesus was in the boat and the, and the waves were being, you know, were tossing the boat and the disciples, who were, were many of them were fishermen, thought they were going down, they were going to die. They had, you know, this was a bad storm. They're scared. Jesus is sleeping. He's resting. They wake him up and go, you know, Master, we're going to drown. He didn't say, hang on a second, got to get prayed up. Hold on here. No, he just looked around and went, peace be still, boom, done. And looked at him and says, where's your faith? So apparently they weren't, you know, they had been walking with Jesus. You know, it's an interesting, interesting <clears throat> study. They had been walking with Jesus for a period of, long period of time. They had seen the miracles. They had seen all the things. And, they, and in that moment, they had no faith. He says, where, he says, oh, you of little faith. When this world system breaks down, are you ready to live solely on faith? 
1 Thessalonians 5 says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. For those who get drunk, drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but, be, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. This, all these things sound so ominous, but not if we have our, our trust firmly in him. To him who has ears to hear, let him hear. The world's going to end. The world's going to end. And the Bible talks about it very clearly that as it's in the process of ending, it's going to be very bad. It's going to be financially bad. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, uh, bad militarily. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. They could be anywhere. There'll be plagues and pestilences and famines. and I mean, the world's going to literally fall apart. It is. It just is. Now, I've said this before already, but I don't usually talk about this because I, I want to preach faith. You start preaching this every Sunday or on a regular basis, and people start getting... But if I don't ever say it, if we don't ever... And that's what I've been, I've been wrestling with. Where's the balance in this? Because I'm not a black helicopter guy. Is the world going to end? Yes. Is there a world conspiracy against us? Absolutely. It's called Satan, the Antichrist, the devil, his demons. Yeah, it's out there. It has been ever since day one. The first humans had to deal with it. It's nothing new. Do I, do I rearrange my whole life in fear of it? Absolutely not. I assume that I have a purpose and a plan here on earth, that God has a plan for my life and a plan to bless me and not to curse me. That he has a future for me and that he has a future for my family. I won't ask for a show of hands, but many of you, how many of you had to think long and hard before you started having kids? Because if the Bible's really true, am I really going to bring children into this world? We did. We talked about it. By faith, we brought children into the world. Because there is hope and there is, there is life in the midst of it. The world is going to end and it's going to end horribly. And there are going to be billions of people who are going to die without knowing what's about to hit them. Is that 
tomorrow? Is it next week? Is it November, whatever the day is on the election day? I don't know. But in the midst of it, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for you and for your kids. And that plan is good. But you have to believe it and you have to act upon it. And even more importantly, before you can believe it and act upon it, you have to know him. You have to know him. It isn't about you know, knowing about him. It's about knowing him. You know, if, if, if my motorcycle wasn't running quite right, I'd call Pastor Greg. He doesn't know any more than me, but he, he fakes it really well. <laughs> and and at, at least I have somebody to ask, hey, if this is going wrong, what, you know, what would you do about it? He'd go, huh. But at least I have, you know, have somebody else to, to bounce the ideas off. But if I didn't know him, I wouldn't have anybody to go to. I'd have to go pay somebody. It's about knowing the person. It's about knowing Jesus Christ. It's about knowing him and knowing what he's capable of doing. I, I wouldn't go to Pastor Greg to, to get my concrete poured in my yard. I'd find Byron. Because I know Byron, and I know Byron knows a lot about concrete. I wouldn't go to Byron about getting my furnace fixed. Byron would pour concrete in my furnace. <laughs> I'd go to Dennis, because Dennis knows furnaces. I know Dennis, and I know that he knows furnaces, so I can go to him when I need help. And I know him well enough, I can call him all hours of the day. I know his cell phone number. If you want his cell phone number, call him all hours of the day. But it's about knowing God. Not just going, well, yeah, there's, I know there's this thing about God, okay? And the people at River Valley, they know about God, you know, and they, they know, they, I know, I think they know him too. I'll go ask them, well, in the process of getting to where somebody knows about the God who can save you, maybe too late. Ooh, there's that moment of, ooh. You need to know him ahead of time. Not just know about him, not just have heard about him, but to know him. Jesus said that at the, at the day of judgment, he'll separate the people, and on one side he'll say, enter my rest, those of you who are my beloved. And he'll look at the others and say, depart from me, I never knew you. And what that lends itself to is that we never knew him, or, he, or those people never knew him. How do you know him? The Bible says that you accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You believe that that's the only way you qualify for eternity, to eternity with Jesus Christ, is to believe that he died on the cross for you, to accept that, and then allow him to be the Lord of your life. The Lord of your life. He gets to be in charge. If he tells you to do whatever, you do it. If he tells you to stop doing whatever, you stop doing it. But even more important than do's and don'ts, it's not about do's and don'ts, it's about knowing him. Well, you're going, I don't know if I know him. If you don't know if you know him, you don't know him. If you don't know if you don't know him, then you don't know him. 
I know him. He's God. But the Bible says he's also my friend. This morning when I woke up thinking about something and had a little opportunity to be anxious about it, I immediately went to, you know what, God? You got this in your hands. I know you do. I know you've got this in your hands because you've done this and you've done this and your word says this and your word says that and, and I've had these experiences. You've done this for me in the past. You've covered it. Lord, I know you. I know your character. I know who you are. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about this because you've, you've got it under control. I couldn't have done that if I didn't know him, if I didn't spend time with him, if I didn't understand his character from his word, if I didn't understand his, his life-giving ability to me. It's about knowing him. It's about living by faith because people are not going to make it unless they live by faith. Christians are not going to make it if we're not living by faith. And unless we start living by faith now and getting used to living by faith, when it really comes down to it, you're not going to be ready. To him who has ears to hear, let him hear. A time's coming when you're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to live by faith. Start doing it now. Start learning it now. Start living that way now in the little things, in the little things, the little itty-bitty things, things that seem so uh, unneeded. Why do I have to live by faith in that? Because you're not going to live for the great, big, huge, gargantuan thing unless you've already experienced living by faith in the little things. It isn't something you go from a zero to a thousand in a moment. It takes time to, it, the Bible talks about building our faith, building up our faith. Little things, a little bit bigger things, a little bit bigger things. I talk to my friends all the time. If the things that are happening in my life you know, right now had happened 25 years ago, I couldn't have handled it. But it was walking by faith then that prepares me to walk by faith now in the things I have to deal with. Do you have 25 years? I don't know, but start today anyway. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He'll make a way. He'll prepare you. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, prayer partners are going to be up here. Terry, if, the, if you got a couple of prayer partners, got some prayer partners, if they'd come up front, they're up here willing and ready to pray with you and pray for you to explain about Jesus, explain about salvation, whatever, is it that, whatever questions you might have. If, they, if you have need of prayer for anything, whatever it may be, they'll be up front here. Stand with me, please. Father, come before you in the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your goodness. Lord, you are a good God, and you love us, and your arm is not too short. You can still take care of stuff today just like you always have been able to. And Lord, I know that. I know that because you've done it in my life. You've, you've made ways where there were no ways. You've, you've given hope and you've, you've restored things in my life that were completely lost. Thank you, Father, that you love us and you have a plan and a purpose for our lives in the midst of whatever's happening in the world. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
God bless. Have a wonderful week. If I could, we could have help sacking the chairs and uh, just stack them up. Don't move them anywhere in particular. Uh, we're going to be cleaning the floors in here this week, and we just will move them out of here at that time. Unless you want to help move them out into, well, no, don't, don't do it. Just leave them in here stacked. We'll move it this week. Um, but uh, come forward for prayer if you so desire for whatever is on your heart. Presence more than anything.